You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. And welcome to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. I am your host, Richard Franzi, and we're interviewing podcast number 1,269, and this is our 1,582nd interview. We've been on the air since March of 2009, and we're the longest-running business podcast from beautiful Orange County, California. Sales is still relevant, but it's different, ladies and gentlemen. Consultative selling is dead. Chasing after prospects is dying. Clients and prospects don't want discussions with salespeople unless sellers provide value beyond their products and the insights beyond what's available on the web. CEOs and sales managers, marketing decisions and sales decisions, who to hire, how to train them, how to manage them, must focus on critical moments in customers' buying process and the value of their sellers' conversation. That's why I invited Nick Miller of Clarity Advantage to come on the show to share a bit about what he does in his consulting practice. Before we get there, if you'd like to learn more about this radio show and podcast or my role as a business mentor here in Orange County, California, why don't you visit our website, which is simple, criticalmass4business.com. It gives me great pleasure to welcome Nick to our show. Nick, welcome to Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. Thank you, Rick. Hello. Why don't you, um, I, I gave the intro kind of a, a, in general, but maybe you could take us to a little deeper and give us an overview of the main idea and of your consulting practice. Sure. Well, we're a consulting firm, and the main idea is to help our client sales teams to attract, develop relationships with, and retain small and medium-sized companies and clients to generate more profitable relationships faster. So depending on our clients' capabilities, that might involve developing a sales strategy for them, who they should be seeking as clients and how to align with and sell to them, and it might include training for their salespeople and sales managers to execute the strategy more effectively. So let's spin it back a step, and what in your background, Nick Miller, or Clarity Advantage, kind of prepares you to help people in this area? Hmm. I have a low tolerance for ambiguity. Um, I called my company Clarity initially and then Clarity Advantage because in the consulting work I was doing at the time, I saw that CEOs and division heads and sales managers often had a clear sense of the direction they wanted to take, but somehow as you dropped down one or two layers in the organization of the frontline salespeople, the message became diluted, diluted that is, <laughs> diluted sometimes, diluted others, and the salespeople couldn't translate what they were hearing into activities or methods that delivered the outcomes that the senior people had envisioned. So I saw that they or their training managers would buy sales training and that very little of the sales training produced a result. So I, I saw a gap, sort of a need for middleware, if you will, to translate what the strategic thinkers in the organization envisioned into specific, prescriptive models, behaviors, activities, and skills that normal people in a sales team could execute. So the idea of clarity was to translate the senior manager's strategies into sales team activities to make clear for the salespeople what they needed to do so they could produce the results. And also before it became popular to think about solution selling, I was pushing my clients away from selling products towards selling solutions based on value of the solution rather than on the features of the product. You know, so I got there over a period of years. I started in the banking industry and then went into consulting, and that evolved into what is now Clarity Advantage. Interesting. And we're talking with Nick Miller, and you're the founder of Clarity Advantage, correct? 
I am. All right. That's great. And, and you know, I'm, I said something in the open, and I guess I want you to respond to that, is um, in your experience, how has the profession of selling had to adapt to the fact that there's so much information and insights available now to prospects on the web? What has that done to the role of the salesperson working with a prospect? Well, I think early on in the sales world, and so go back to the late 1890s, the idea was that the salespeople had information and a slick chatter, and their job was to awaken some sort of interest in the prospect or suspect, and uh, through snappy chatter and information, convince the person that they needed whatever the salesperson was selling, and then to overcome objections, which would, of course, come from that process, and then close. I think now it's almost completely the reverse, that the availability of information on the Internet changes that. Buyers can find out about product features online. They can read about use cases, others who have used the product, results that they got, they can frequently find pricing information and then compare vendors' offerings with each other. So there's no need for a salesperson or a traditional sales role there. So the question is, what is the value of the salesperson now that it's not about dispensing information or peddling product? So in my view, the value of the salesperson increasingly is to help clients think things through, to offer perspective, to challenge assumptions, to identify issues that clients yet don't yet see for themselves, and to help them anticipate and plan more effectively. There's more, but that's the general idea. And all of that happens in conversation. So the idea of the value beyond the product is that the value beyond the product lives in conversation between sellers and buyers, whether that's in person, on the phone, or through emails, texts, or other social media. So, so you said an, uh, an interesting phrase, and actually I'm going to boil it down to two words, and I'd like you to because you've been doing Clarity Advantage for almost 30 years right now, right, Nick? I mean, you, this, you're not a Johnny-come-lately to this experience. You're, you've got some experience behind That's you. That's right. All right. You said challenge. A salesperson needs to challenge assumptions. That that might resonate with some of the people in the audience going, well, that's risky. So can you explain why challenging assumptions is mandatory and not risky? Yeah, mandatory is a little strong, I would say, Uh I see it as an opportunity. So here's one example, that a, a business does its business in a particular way. They've done it that way for a long time, and they aren't questioning the way they do it. And a salesperson arriving on the scene with some broader industry perspective is, is in a position to ask questions like, what if? Or this is our view of how the industry will evolve. How do you think you might evolve with it? And through that kind of questioning, uh, open up a dialogue in which the client or prospect gets to re-examine um, their operations or their thinking in a little bit of a new light. So challenge is tough. I mean, any business owner that you're selling to doesn't really want to be challenged in a highly confrontative way, at least at the beginning. But our experience is they do welcome perspective. They do want to know what others are doing that's successful. And through that process, possibly, begin a, a, a process of inquiring and thinking about their own assumptions and saying, well, gee, you know, maybe we ought to change that too. And thank you for putting a finer point on the challenge of the assumptions. I'm, I'm glad you kind of reframed it from the way that I said it. I appreciate that. Nick Miller, see how he did that right here, ladies and gentlemen? He challenged what I said in a way that was respectful, but yet added a lot of context and value to the conversation. So who's your target market and audience for the consulting work that you do? I know that you're on the road now because we called some 
swanky hotel somewhere where you're you must be on the road so what's going on and who's your target audience sir Yep. For us, the target audience is primarily the financial services industry. So banks and credit unions are our major focus. And within those institutions, we focus primarily on salespeople who sell financial services, so loans, payment services, deposits, technology services, and information to small and medium-sized companies, companies with sales of, say, $100,000 up to 25 or $30 million. So depending on the size of the organization, we might be working with the head of retail banking or the head of commercial banking, possibly the head of product organizations like Treasury Management. Occasionally we do work in, with other consulting firms, and very occasionally we do work with firms in industry. I mean, the, the problems that we're trying to solve are, are very similar. It's like if, if you're in a commodity sale, that's not us. We don't work that. But if you were in a relationship selling environment where you're selling a solution or you know, a variety of products that go together into a solution, then that's really the problem that we're solving. We just happen to be working in banking. And has that been a core focus for Clarity Advantage for some time? Yes. Okay. Um, we, you know, what we've learned both inside the banking industry and outside is that uh, firms, banks, and others hire salespeople who are action-oriented, want to go out and get it done and sell and close, and, you know, however they can do that. And as I referred to earlier, I think clients are looking for something more than that. So really the main thrust of what we've been doing is to help salespeople learn the business skills, the business acumen, the awareness, industry knowledge, and other things that they need to carry on a valuable conversation with their clients rather than coming from their products they're coming from the client's organization and the industry and perspective to the client. And what we see more frequently than not is that the salespeople will ask a set of questions that are designed to qualify somebody for a product, and as soon as that qualification green light goes on, they'll say, great, I have just the thing for you. Here's how we can get that done. Here's how we can solve that problem. And that's what the web is doing very well on its own at this point. So our view is that salespeople need to get beyond that. So you, you use the word conversation, and I know that you work a lot with sales professionals, sales managers. You're On your website, you write about the value of conversations, and I'm wondering if you could tell my audience a little bit more about this focus for Clarity Advantage for you. Sure. If you look at what the web provides, it provides information and some perspective, and that's freely available to anybody who wants to go to look there. So the salesperson's role which used to be the big binder or you know whatever package of information they have needs to shift they need to use information in a different way so our view is that the value that the salesperson provides is really lives in the conversation it's not on the web and it's not in a brochure and it's not in the thing itself that you're trying to sell the value is that a client or a prospect says you know i would have paid good money for that discussion you know, that was a really valuable discussion we just had. I got some good insights. I think I'm clearer now about what I need to do and how. And I like this firm. I think they could be a potential provider for us. That's completely about conversation. And so the value beyond the product is the result of or is incorporated into that discussion. Does that make sense? Yes. And, 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 I, um, and the way you answered that, Framing it with the way you answered the earlier question, which is, it feels like the way you described a traditional selling perspective is they ask 
a lot of questions until they've determined if the prospects are fit for their product or service. And once they do, it becomes a different kind of conversation, which is much more uh, attempting to convince them that they have the solution for them or the product for them. What you said later was it sounded more like a peer-to-peer conversation that has an evolution to it where you kind of all end up at the same place together because you're sort of taking each other there in a, in a more of a conversational tone. So that, that's sort of what I've kind of picked up from your last two responses, Nick, to be very honest. Yep, I think that's right. Okay. And, and that's not true of all, in all industries for all products. It happens to be true for the product set that we de- deal with, and it's also true in technology companies and software companies where they are, where they are attempting to sell enterprise-level software, for example, um, or any, th- any company that's trying to sell a solution that's comprised of a mix of products and services that has complexity to it. If it's a simple product, Maybe probe and pitch is perfect for that still. But I think as you get into more complex uh, problems with longer buying cycles and uh, more information and perspective needed and more people in the firm, buying firm, involved in the decision, the salesperson has to play a different role. They're a change agent. They're managing a change process. And the value that they're bringing is the value of themselves as a consultant and uh, somebody who can shape conversations rather than probing and pitching product. Hmm. If you go back, for example, to spin selling, it was situation, problem, implications, and needs payoff. There's very little consulting in that. You get down to the needs payoff, and it's if I were able to show you a way that you could reduce your costs, would you be interested sort of thing. I, I think that's useful from time to time, but I don't think that's that provides real value to a client. We're talking with Nick Miller, and he is the founder of Clarity Advantage. He came to my attention through one of the members of my critical mass CEO peer group community here in Southern California, Wayne Ward, had heard you speak and said, you've got to get, uh, you got to meet Nick and you, get, you, you need to have him on the show because he's got great content. And I, I believe the, the talk that you were giving that he heard was on relationship selling. I, um, the workshop was titled Building Networks That Feed Us, and he was raving about it in one of the peer groups. And so, well, here you are now on the show. So can you tell us more about that workshop in particular and maybe why Wayne and others are so impressed with the content? Sure. Thanks for asking. So we saw a problem that as we listened to the salespeople we dealt with and stories from others who deal with salespeople, the it seemed that they viewed networking as a taking process. What referrals can you give me? Who do you know that I could call? Whether it was insurance or bank banking or law practice, you know, law services or whatever. It was about who can you give me? And we saw that the nature of the world was changing and that the nature of networks was changing so that the value of people in networks had to do with what they were contributing to the networks. So that was a major shift. Then the second thing that we saw was that for many people, CPAs, attorneys, bankers, their networking was very opportunistic. They'd go to chamber meetings, they'd go to community business events, whatever, and they would meet whoever showed up. Not very efficient. And so the idea we had was to create a strategic process where whoever was going through the process could think about what's the kind of who are the people that I really want to serve, and what's the shape and content of the network that I need to build to do that? Um, so thinking thinking of it in a strategic way, objectives, process, and so on. So the the idea of building networks that feed us was to take a lot of those ideas and to build a step-by-step process 
that normal people could use effectively to think first about what kind of network do I need, and then what's my messaging to the network? In other words, what's my value prop? What's my, what would attract people to me? What, what could I say or what could I be writing that would attract people to me? So I called that attractification. And then how do you take that message to market, starting first with the people who know you already and love you, and then moving out in concentric circles further and further away from that core so that you go from working with one to one to one to a few to one to a few more, and then ultimately when you're out speaking or writing, you're going one to a lot, one to very many. And the idea is to build a funnel through which you're creating fans who think of you and introduce you or refer to you in an organized, time-efficient way. So that's, that's what Wayne went through, and I think for him and many of the folks on his team, that was helpful because they have a lot of ground to cover and they, time is really critical and they needed a good organized way to do it. That sounds very powerful. Um, I, as I said, I know you're on the road because we called a hotel. Uh, are you leading a workshop? Are you working one-on-one with clients? I don't want to probe into your, pri- your personal life, but I'm just curious, what work are you doing today? I've managed to keep my business life and personal life enough separate. We're not in danger there, Rick. Okay, good. Um, So I'm working with a bank, and the challenge is that they're launching a new product line, and their sales it's new to their salespeople, and they need to learn just both about the product line, but also what's the conversation they need to be having with their clients, both to introduce the product line and lead folks to uh, through the discussion of of, uh, seeing the value and making making a decision. So. Some of it is training about the people that they're going to be selling to. Some of it is about the product, and a big chunk of it is about the conversation. Many business owners consider sales and marketing to be kind of a synonym for each other. You know, they're the same thing. Uh, in your experience, how does sales and marketing differ, and why is then relationship selling so important in that context, Nick? It's very interesting because I, in much of the work we do, the, there is still an assumption that we have heroic salespeople who can go pound the pavement, knock on doors, cold call, send emails, and, and sell. So both search for people to sell and sell and be effective. And I think the world has evolved to the point where that's just not a high probability play for most organizations. So the, the purpose of marketing is to make people aware of who you are and what you offer and to give them some insight into whether or not that could be useful for them. So in, the, in an earlier time, it was awareness, interest, desire, and action. Um, and I think that still applies. But now instead of what you might think of as uh, sort of more of a consumer mass marketing model where you're pushing lots of content out to people, so that's TV ads, radio ads, cold calls, magazine ads, whatever, it's, the direction has shifted. So now it's about content marketing, the purpose of which really is to attract people to us through the content that we're sharing on our websites or social media. And increasingly, salespeople are using LinkedIn and Twitter and other social media to make themselves visible and to attract people to them. So I think the function of marketing is still very important. It's just that it's different now. It's not so much about mass consumer marketing as it is sharing valuable information in places where people can find it and digest it, and through that create lead funnels that eventually convert to leads for a sales force. And the sales job really begins when you've got the lead in an ideal marketing to sales transition. Um, If you're an attorney, what that means is you're writing about legal issues. 
and people find you on the web because they're searching and they say that attorney's pretty smart i think i'd like to have him represent me or i think i'd like to have her represent me so it's it's shifted that way and they're still very distinct another thing that's changing is that because of the web individual salespeople are not able to do their own content marketing so they don't have to wait for the marketing department to do it they can do it themselves and i think that's another huge change in the sales environment is that individuals can now do what it took departments hmm. to do years ago excellent nick we only have a few minutes left on the show and i really have the time's flown frankly and i've enjoyed listening and interacting with you hopefully so has our audience on oc talk radio or iheart radio or wherever they might be listening to us maybe as a podcast how does someone get in touch with you or learn more about you and the firm clarity advantage yeah thank you thanks for having me on thanks for the questions good thoughtful stuff uh, our website, which is www.clarityadvantage.com, is the best place to go. We also have a Facebook page, Clarity Advantage, and I personally post uh, at least once a week on LinkedIn. I write an article that is called The Weekly Sales Thought. That hmm. I'm a little behind you, Rick. I'm, I'm just approaching a 1,000 columns at this point, but I've been writing for a number of years every week. And so they can find The Weekly Sales Thoughts on our uh, my LinkedIn page or on our Facebook page and on the website. Well, I want to thank you for your time today. You're a friend of the program, a member of the Critical Mass community, and it's been, a, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. Wayne was right. It was valuable time to spend with you, Nick Miller. Thank you very much for your time for our audience today. Thank you, Rick. Cheers. Bye. I'd also like to thank the engineer for today, Mr. Paul Roberts, our three producers, without whom I couldn't do this show every week, Joan Park, Crystal Nunley, and our newest producer, Vanessa Holland. If you'd like to connect with me, let's start on LinkedIn. I'm Richard Franzi, F-R-A-N-Z-I. And until our next show, I hope all of your business decisions will move your company in a positive direction. You have been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show Business Talk Show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi.